This glorious passage in Romans, who, if God is for us, who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? One of the reasons that uh, Christians don't get this uh, uh, into their hearts as something very inspiring and uh, very encouraging to them is that they read these words, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, They read the words but misunderstand what it's saying and say to themselves, well, I'm not much of a conqueror. I feel defeated at uh, at every turn. And so this can't apply to me, surely. And that's a sad and unfortunate uh, uh, reaction because it's a misunderstanding of what our being conquerors really is all about. What Paul is teaching us here is that Christ is our victory. That is, the victory that Christ won was won on behalf of all human beings. Let's take a simple illustration of this. You remember this, who who can forget it, the story of David and Goliath? Goliath is on one side of the valley uh, with all his troops and uh, uh, mocking the Israelites on the other side of the valley and saying, if you can conquer me... Goliath says, then uh, you have defeated us all. And uh, David takes up the challenge. They both come down into the valley. And, of course, David throws that famous stone and beheads Goliath. And what was the result of that? Well, the whole of the Philistinian army fled because they knew that the defeat of their hero was the defeat of the whole army. And likely, and rather similarly, the success and the victory of David was the victory of the whole of Israel. David, therefore, you see, was a type of Israel, represented Israel, stood in for Israel, just as Goliath stood in for the Philistines. And just as Jesus Christ stands in for all humanity and all who trust in him. So when it says, you see, that um, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors, you don't look to your own history and see all the victories you hope to find and scrape around and and dig up as uh, monuments. You don't hope to have a whole history of victory. Most of us, if we were to write out our lives in a memoir, would be rather embarrassed to have it published, or for even anyone to look at it, if it were an honest memoir, that is, because our lives have been shattered, haven't they? Our lives have been unfortunate, um, not much of a success story. In fact, most Christians come to God because they have failed. Their lives have been a disappointment, a sorrow, a grief, um, a failure. And so in what sense can we claim all of this as ours, that if God is for us, who can be against us? Well, Jesus Christ is presented in the book of Romans as our righteousness. Paul illustrates this by the life of Abraham. God gave Abraham promises to uh, bless him through his child. All you, Through your seed, all families of the earth will be blessed. That was a type, that, that child of Jesus Christ. And through that child, 
Abraham would have blessings throughout the world. And then it says that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Well, that word counted is the best word in the scriptures, let me tell you. It is the core of the Reformation. The Roman Catholic medieval church believed that that righteousness was not counted. It had to be infused drip by drip until we all became intrinsically, innately, genuinely righteous in ourselves. Martin Luther stood up against this and said, no, that is not the case. The truth is that Christ is counted our righteousness. And that's why Paul says to all who believe in him, they are justified, that is declared innocent, while they are ungodly as they trust in him. It was so encouraging for me years ago, decades ago, to learn that Christ was my righteousness while I was an ungodly man, because I had been trying by perfectionism and legalism to be godly all through my Christian uh, years, and it never seemed to work. But when the gospel finally came to me that Christ had stood in for me, just like David had stood in for the Israelites, and even just like Goliath had stood in for the Phil Philistines, but he was defeated and David was successful, just as David then stood in for the Israelites, so Jesus stands in for me. And that is why, you see, this verse says, Yet in all these things... We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Not by means of him in the sense of I conquer when I receive his strength into me and therefore I overcome everything just as Jesus overcame everything because we don't do that. It's realistically impossible, isn't it? We do overcome certain things, thank God. We're not so devastated by our sins once we become Christians or as we grow as we were devastated by them before we became Christians. Although we might be, it's still possible that we might be. But Christ is our righteousness, you see. Christ is our victory. And so we look to Christ and we say, I have conquered through you. You see, you understand, don't you? Look at the list Paul is saying, uh, using rather, Paul is describing. Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or the sword. Well, the sword means death, of course. Well, have you overcome death? Have you resurrected yourself yet? No, you haven't, have you? If you were in a famine-stricken country uh, and you had no food and you died... Well, just before you died, uh, would you expe be expected to overcome starvation? No, you wouldn't, would you? Nakedness would suggest um, uh, having no home and no clothes and being a, a street person. Have you necessarily overcome that and found yourself now a good job and, and, and a nice house with three bedrooms and two toilets? No, you haven't necessarily overcome that, have you? But the point is that Jesus Christ has broken all of those powers. He has gained a victory for us which guarantees us a kingdom where there's a mansion for everyone, where there is clothing for everyone, where there is food for everyone, where there is no more death by the sword, no more peril and persecution. And so, you see, 
We are more than conquerors through his victory because Jesus is like a David who overcame Goliath on behalf of Israel. Now, once you believe that, once you understand that, that Jesus is our substitute, someone once said, in a death, in a life I never lived, in a death I never died, I base my whole eternity. Let me repeat that to you. In a life I never lived, in a death I never died, I base my whole eternity. That's the victory we're talking about. Once we believe that, then we can claim this whole passage as ours, that God is for us. Therefore, nothing can be against us, neither death nor famine nor nakedness or the sword. None of these things, tribulation, peril, persecution, they cannot be against us. Somebody once said, you can take my body, but you cannot take my soul, because Jesus has gained victory for my soul. Now, this tells us, you see, that Jesus is several things before the Father. He is the revelation of the love of God. That's number one. He revealed, if you want to know the love of God, look to Jesus Christ, because there you see the love of God. But, it, but he is also, too, our righteousness. Jesus Christ has, been, has become my righteousness. I had no uh, righteous clothing. I had filthy rags. And the Lord clothed me with his righteousness. In other words, he treated me, accounted me, as if I were a righteous person when I was not. The word accounted there can be translated imputed, considered as charged to my account. You remember the letter, the little teeny-weeny letter in the New Testament, Philemon. It was the story of Onesimus who escaped from his slave master, Philemon, and found himself uh, in... Uh, uh, Paul's backyard, and Paul preached the gospel to him, and Philemon, or rather Onesimus, was converted. And when he was, he revealed who he was uh, to Paul. And Paul realized that the slave master of, of um, uh, Onesimus was someone that Paul knew. And so he sent Ones uh, uh, Philemon back to, I'm sorry, he sent Onesimus back to Philemon with a letter and Paul said, if Onesimus has stolen anything from you, charge it to my account. Treat him like a brother. Charge it to my account. The word, the phrase, charge it to my account, actually it's a clause, is the word impute it to me. Let me pay for it, in other words. That is what Jesus has done for us. He he was imputed with our sin, charged with my sin, that I might be charged with his righteousness. And so, you see, Christ is a revelation of the love of God, and also he is my righteousness. But third, he is my victory. This is what we've been talking about today. He is the one who gained victory over the forces of evil. We stand on the hillside while Jesus is in the valley doing battle with Satan, and thanks be to God he won. And he won on our behalf. And so the moment 
the moment Satan is struck with a fatal blow, we there is a roar among all the crowd of Christians, in fact, all the world once they come to understand it, and we raise up our hands in the air, and we are uh, winning and, and uh, praising God as if we had won. That's what it is like, and that is why we are treated as if we were the conquerors. Thanks for listening today. I'm Colin Cook, and this is How It Happens that you've been listening to. It's a program put on by Faith Quest Perspectives, a 45-year-old ministry, and the radio program itself is 25 years old, and I thank you so much for supporting it. You can listen to this radio broadcast any time of the day or night uh, on your smartphone. Simply download soundcloud.com slash faithquest, or Download the free app, soundcloud.com, and then key in how it happens with Colin Cook. You can do the same with podbean.com or go to faithquest.podbean.com. You can also hear the broadcast at 10 o'clock in the evening on the radio or 4 o'clock in the morning uh, on the radio, KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states. I would so much appreciate your support. Please help this small ministry, a long-lasting but small ministry. The radio program costs me $39 per uh, 15 minutes. That's $200 a week. That's about $850 to $900 per month. Send your donations, if you would, to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, that's 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. That's FaithQuest. P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Or you can make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. That's faithquestradio.com. Send a little note if you like with it. I don't mind if you don't, but if you do, it's a blessing. It's very encouraging. Tell me what the program's doing for you and uh, uh, any particular program that might have helped you. Well, I thank you and I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.